0: Are you ready to create a life that's intentional and dynamic? Welcome to The Intentional Spirit with your host, Reverend Temple Hayes.
1: And welcome everyone and thank you so much for being with us. And as I say every week, thank you for being intentional. This is the kind of time and this exciting to me, this is the most exciting time we've ever lived. All of us, we reincarnated to be here now so we could be part of this, the incredible changes that are occurring within people, within organizations, within systems. Oh my gosh, it's so exhilarating. And out of that is when we see that so many original thinkers are born or they come out of the closet and they start being active and they being spokespeople. And then we've got a person totally out of the closet today. Well, not exactly. She lives in Maui, so she's probably out there on that ocean a lot. Kate Montana, welcome to our show today. Temple, wonderful to be on. Thank you. Oh, it's just a it's just a pleasure to have you and you've been busy, I tell you. I look at your list of all your books and everything. I'm like, whoa, you go girl. But tell us a little bit with our with our audience, as uh, we uh, have people tuning in from all over the world, from many different cultures, with many different beliefs and faiths, and so how did Kate Montana become Kate Montana? Why did this? Stuff, why are you so interested in the things that you do as an inspirational speaker and author? <laughs>
2: yeah, well, one, <laughs> the, the one and thing And you have I, an hour. I, it, <laughs> 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 really, yeah, for one thing, it always amuses me because, um, back in two thousand and seven, after about thirty years and twenty thousand hours of of intense meditation and focus on on awakening, um, i really I, I did wake up and for three days uh, was not Kate Montana and realized the utter fabrication and the truth of the illusion of the mental construct called Kate Montana. Um, what a joke to think that I could ever be enlightened. Um, that was a, (laughs) that was a wake up call. Um, so I always have to laugh when everybody introduces me, hi, this is Kate Montana. And I go, wait a minute. I wrote a book about not being Kate Montana (laughs) called the E word.
1: (laughs) We just can't get away from it.
2: (laughs) No, I mean we just can't function without. We really can't function very well without the personality and the mm-hmm. ego structure. It serves us well as long as we know what the devil it is and, and manage it. And instead of it managing us.
1: It's <laughs> so true. It's it's so funny. When I started here and I became the spiritual leader 14 years ago, I had seen so many dynamic uh, spiritual communities and religious organizations have one leader, and when the leader left, you know, through death or you know retirement or whatever, then the place didn't thrive. And I thought, oh, I, I don't want to build a work like that. I want to build an empowerment leadership model. So. Uh, I had I didn't have a photo of me on the website (laughs) you know I didn't put my picture in things and you know I didn't say hi this is Tim Hays and here I am this is what I'm about but it was interesting because people always thought I was leaving (laughs) 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 so you know it's true finally I surrendered to the okay this is how it is let's get the photo up let's do that because you know I'm here for a while anyway, so it's a it's a really funny dynamic, and you're right, I mean, the beautiful work you've done with the E's, the E, and then the ego and the energy of that is just very powerful, but here you are, Kate Montana, Montana. so you did so much energy work, and then is it just that you felt like if I'm understanding you like you had steps, you were always doing the intention of meditation, and then one day you kind of enter into a veil of, you're like this whole new evolutionary, what the heck happened to that other person I knew kind of experience, right?
2: Well, you know, like like so many people I know in the spiritual community, I when I was introduced to the concept of enlightenment back in, oh God, <laughs> the late 80s or the mid 80s, um it seemed like my ticket out. It was like, oh, wow, oh if I become enlightened, then I'll have all the answers, I won't be confused, I won't suffer, I won't be in pain. Um and all my answers will be answered. All my questions will be answered. And it's like, so I just went for it temple. I had I had done society's um success formula. Uh, up until I was 30, like so many of us, um, I, you know, I was a a good girl. I, I got good grades. I, I graduated from college and found a good man and a good career, and made a lot of money and had a swimming pool and a great dog, and it was just like I did everything but have a baby. And I hit 30, and I was still I was miserable, and and it was like it was this huge wake-up call. And I was like, well, oh my God, if it isn't outside, well, then the only other place to look was within. So I really, I'm kind of a hmm, type A personality. So I, when I discovered spirituality and that there was, you know, something called enlightenment, and it was like, wow, I just went for a temple. Um, I left my television career. I was uh, And uh, video engineer and slow motion replay artist for all of the networks, um, traveled all around the world doing sports telecasting. I was married. Um, and uh, drinking too much and smoking too much, and it was just like, oh, my God. So I, I just imploded the whole lifestyle, and I went and I lived in a one-room cabin in the middle of nowhere in the North Georgia mountains, no electricity, <laughs> no running water. I lived there for three years and meditated my ass off, and that was that was the st- start of my um of my spiritual life and i had various teachers but mostly temple i just felt like there was only one place to look and only one question to ask it was just about looking within me and asking who am i and so i had a very fierce and very simple um approach to spirituality fortunately and um And somewhere around like the year 2000, as I say, 20 years of meditation, um, the, the persona just would drop in meditation. And so there was bliss and ecstasy and unity and oneness. And it was always with my eyes closed. <laughs> so you know, I, w- I would spend hours in bliss and ecstasy and unity, and then I'd open my eyes, and then immediately would be fraught with pain, suffering, concern, worries about money. You know, where to get the, where to get the next car payment, whatever it was. All my human issues would immediately show up in a millisecond, and I was like, what, what, what the hell? How does this work? like i I bet i bet nobody listening has ever had that experience
1: (laughs) (laughs) right right you know we we still laugh about you know in the in the 80s um you know there was the book uh, i may not be saying the name correctly but it's do what you love and the money will follow and many Mm -hmm. of us said and when is that (laughs)
2: <laughs> and
1: when is that really <laughs> i so identify with your with your story and not that i need to make it my own but uh i know i know in the early days before i got my spirituality really grounded into shamanism and really understand the core of my being and that when most people are referring to the word spirituality they're talking about the memorization of a few books or a few um you know, billboards or whatever, cliches, platitudes. Yeah. Um, but the deepening of, of that essence is, um, I, I remember the early days for me, enlightenment meant, uh, being anything but me, <laughs> you know, yeah. I, I want to be enlightened, but I'm not going to be able to take me with me, <laughs> you know, or I think the other part was, uh, I'm seeking enlightenment, but I'm, uh, my understanding of it was, cause I'm, not blaming anyone. My understanding was, well, I'm seeking enlightenment, but that would require um, me to not be human. I'm supposed Mm -hmm. to be something different than human. And I think the beauty in what I hear in your laughter and in your voice and the depth of what you bring from experiential value is as my own concurring that um, the more you are in pursuit of these ideas inside yourself, actually the more you embrace your humanity, and it's a beautiful thing. It's a very powerful thing and has uh, yeah. a, a tremendous amount of energy to it. So uh, good for you. It It is quite a quite a journey, and um, I love your joy you know, in, in all I, you know, of it. I,
2: and I think you nailed it. It's just like enlightenment is being ultimately everything that a human can be and really is. And will eventually become naturally as a as a naturally evolving process, which is something that I, I didn't get. I, I didn't understand that being, as I say, kind of type A and driven, I, I really pressed the envelope and was quite obsessed. And so in 2007, one morning in meditation, I opened my eyes and I didn't come back. Kate was nowhere. I was in that still oceanic, how, words just pale, space where the personality, I, I realized, oh my God, and I could laugh and walk through the garden and and, and play with my dog and, and go, oh my God, I never was Kate. Kate was a a construct of my mind that was the result, the natural, normal result of living in a human body with the five senses that tell us 24-7, ever since, you know, heck, when we're still in the womb, or when we come out of the womb, rather, that, you know, I'm over here, you're over there, I'm separate, I have a skin boundary that that defines me, you know, I'm not the chair, I'm not the dog, I'm not the, my, you know, my bottle, whatever, my my banky, you know, and it's just like, and this is an unconscious imprinting that the body gives us, The moment we come out of the birth canal is this unconscious message of separation and boundary and distinction. And we learn quite early that 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 which is apparently outside of us, you know, the cat can scratch scratch me, mommy can yell, um, I can burn myself on, you know, these exterior things that are other than me, we learn unconsciously, we're pre-verbal. At a pre verbal level, we get that there's an outside force that can hurt us. And so, I, you know, when I was writing the E-word, and the whole title is the E-word, Ego, Enlightenment, and Other Essentials, you know, so, so much of what I wrote about in the book was exactly how we come about how the ego construct is created. And it's so natural, and it's and it's a tool, you know, because if I didn't have a sense if I didn't develop a sense of exterior, interior, me, you, um, I couldn't function in the world. You know, I'd step out in the, in the street and, and be one with the bus passing by. You know, immediately I wouldn't be able to function without this separation sense. Yeah, and then of course we get language and, and it's me and you and Kate versus Temple or whoever and it's like wow. So it just concretizes this ongoing 24-7 unconscious programming that our senses gives us of separation. So, you know, and, and then language you know, and then we get a name, and that hangs a hat on the ego, and there I am, Kate Montana, with preferences and likes and dislikes and goals and fears and insecurities. So, you know, when all of that dropped, Temple, and I saw it for what it was, this program that my body had given me inevitably, I just laughed and laughed and laughed and laughed. Well, so three days of not being Kate... Uh, you know, and it was just like, well, oh right, this is liberation, I get it. And then, inexplicably, or at least I thought at the at the time, the narrow net of Kate Montana started to reweave itself and show back up. And I started thinking in terms of self and other and in and out and <laughs> and opposition. And um and I was horrified it was it was horrible. I, so I spent the, another two days in deep meditation with my eyes closed, just to keep that keep reality going. And yet it was a fruitless effort because the more I, Kate, tried to struggle against the net of my, my neurological thinking of Kate, the more I concretized the neuronet of Kate trying to escape that neuronet so yeah. yeah so i walked out of that three-day experience you know I, 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 you know I can only use the words enlightenment experience but it wasn't an experience really because an experience implies an i an experiencer you know i kate experienced enlightenment eh, wrong <laughs> you know there we go with language it, it's just not the case wow so then then i was left with what's Oh, my God, well, I'm back. <laughs> what do I do now? And and I realized that, you know, I couldn't even try to regain my liberation because, again, trying to regain liberation was concretizing the untruth that I was, you know, already trapped and still Kate. So um, I wandered in the wilderness for seven years, Temple, <laughs> basically trying to figure out that and why I had come back, and what I finally understood was that so much, my my drivenness, my isolation, I did the, you know, I did the ascetic and practice, I didn't go to a cave, but it was a stone cabin in the woods in the mountain with no running water or heat, so hey, pretty close, um, <laughs> so I, I'd done the ascetic in, in a loincloth in the wilderness for years, and I had turned my back on life you know I was like oh I I don't want to be in my body I don't want my body my body is you know I would pay lip service to everything is spirit you know my body is spirit life is spirit but then I would turn around and try to ignore my body and my emotions and my sexuality and my desires because I was supposed to be desireless whatever that was so I drove myself into that you know we all know that what we focus on we become and so it was inevitable that the illusion of kate would drop and that that liberation would would arise but it could only arise for so long because i had i'd forced the gates i had not earned that's not the right word um i had not developed i had not evolved totally, as a human, in the richness of my living, I'd closed my eyes against the world and wanted to just get out of here. So, I realized that the, the journey at that point in my life was to turn around and live life fully, completely, utterly, uh, impassioned with the whole deal, the whole the whole meal deal, you know, my, my body, it's aches and pains, my my joy, my sorrow, my... My sense of separation, my my sense of occasional loss, um, my desperation, my fear about whatever, um, and embrace it all and not try to escape any of it. So, wow. <laughs> so, so that well, was so the that journey that led me to write, write the E word, ego enlightenment, another essential in twenty twenty. <laughs> so hello
1: oh yeah we're right here taking it all in (laughs)
2: okay
1: no we're with you i know it like it got universal quiet
2: (laughs) it did get universal quiet (laughs) there was like a
1: space you know maybe mars came through and said hello or one of our ancestors i'm not sure so we we had this spot but it yeah, I'm I'm with you all the way. We're here.
2: <laughs> we we so yeah. So I wrote I wrote um the e word and it came out um uh, Simon and Schuster imprint uh, Enliven Books uh, brought it out in 2017 and I was rapidly going down the path of becoming um, a spiritual teacher. And you know, doing all of the necessary marketing and, and sales funnels and click-through rates and marketing this and you know, putting together all of these webinars and wow, Temple, I hit another wall. I realized that it was I was on the wrong path. I I had come to the conclusion in in 2014, 2015 that I I, I watched so much confusion in the spiritual community around in the the topic of enlightenment. And it was still you know, God, you know, the, the freaking three day, five easy step workshop to enlightenment, abundance, your soulmate and, you know, eternal happiness and glory. I uh, I just looked at you know, I looked at the whole thing of spiritual materialism and, and it quite frankly a great anger arose in me because it, it's just it, it takes us—we we take ourselves down a, a very precarious path doing that, and it's one that I had led myself down. You know, thinking that I, Kate Montana, was going to become enlightened, and I was going to wear white robes and step forward with the truth, and I was going to lead people into their whatever. And I was like, "Oh God, save me from I." And so, anyway, I, and 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 still being Kate Montana, I was just faced Temple with this incredible conflict is just like it just didn't feel right stepping forward on a stage as Kate Montana and then trying to explain the unexplainable I can't really talk about enlightenment none of us really can it's it's it has to be it's it has to be experienced and yet it's not even an experience so so I I, uh, kind of pulled the plug on all of my plans and uh, and withdrew for another couple of years because I realized that I was on the edge of really rebuilding the ego structure in a way. You know, it's, it's so easy to say, "Wow, I know the truth." <laughs> Here, just follow me. Let me tell you how it is. And and yet, the truth is, can only be found individually within ourselves in those lonely dark nights in those beautiful days whatever it's only found within and it's only found within a sincere deep deep desire to know the truth and, and i
1: would i would yeah. add um if i may to um yeah. part of your conversation uh, because it, it's something that i certainly have Realise to be true uh, first of all, you know that in truth we believe there's only one power in the universe, and that's the only power that is yeah. and yet and yet, within our humanity, if we were ever to have anything that could work against us, it would be our emotional body and our unwillingness to do our emotional body work yep. and so And, and so we're both, um, not that I need to agree with you because I may learn a whole lot from you by not agreeing, or I, I need to talk about me (laughs) or, or any of that. But, but I do know that to be true. And it's exactly what you said. And I just wanted to highlight that a little bit for our listeners, because I did the same thing, you know, I accomplished that ladder of success. I I, I would been manifesting since I was a kid. I didn't learn manifesting from a movie or from a book or from Unity. <laughs> I just was born that way of, oh, you wanna you wanna go all expenses paid to there? Yeah, I do. Well then here it comes. You know, I mean manifesting uh-huh. is just natural. It's natural for all of us when we're not in the it way. Is. But anyway, I too got to a place that went, oh You know, this isn't really where I want to be, and I'm not really happy. What happened to the H-A-P-P-Y word and all of that? But (laughs) I realized, I realized that what I did is I turned around and just repeated kind of the same similar thing, but I called it something more important and different. (laughs) Yeah. I yeah. got something more fancy and with platitudes and clichés and bumper sticker truths but I was in this same place of that bondage that self-created bondage and I I got it then that I must go into my darkness. I must go into that emotional place. And, and, you know, and I know that's why somebody can divorce husband and wife, you know, drive 750 miles, uh, 7,500 miles and go grab the same thing they had calling it different, calling it a, a greater opportunity, but it still every day is the same because the emotional body work has not been done. And that's Absolutely. where depth comes from, and that's
2: where deep laughter comes from. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, you know, the the thing that finally the the next level, the next layer temple. Was when I when I did pull the plug on being a teacher and and all of that and I, I honored what obligations had been set in motion but after that again I retired from the world and um, just went and quietly bled in a corner <laughs> you know what I mean and and I was like what what the hell again and I finally realized that what had been driving me to a great degree was a, a huge ego desire for success. And I only recognized it, Temple, because I went to such a depth place of emotional pain and um, a sense of failure. And it mm. was, you know, I, I had failed my mission, and um, and and yet I knew that I'd done the right thing. And so, but I was left with this ghastly sense of, of failure, and and that was when I went, oh, wow, look how much I still had invested on being a success and being somebody out there in the world. And when I finally, and that temple, when finally life just kind of like opened up for me and started to blossom, I had, I just was like, fine. It, it, it's not about what I do, it's not about how I sh- I know this is so obvious, and we all know this, but it's like, oh, my God, the success program, well, I don't know, it had me, it had me. And, and it's like to finally let go, genuinely let go of, of having to have and be and do all these things, because, you know, there was this level of insecurity and, quite frankly, self-hatred that I had as a woman, that it didn't matter how many books I read, it didn't matter how many books I wrote, it didn't matter how many seminars I went to or seminars that I gave, at the end of the day, there was this deep-seated sense of self-loathing and just dislike for my own being as a human being, and especially as a woman, underneath all of this, which was shocking at that love at that stage of my of my spiritual journey to, to go. It says, you know how temple how we think we you know we we do the hard stuff up front and it gets easier as it goes along. It's just like Definitely. I finally woke it up doesn't. and went, wow! I've been, <laughs> I've been dealing with the superficial stuff all this time, and I'm really finally getting down to the nitty gritty. <laughs>
1: Oh, I'm loving being with you. We're talking with Kate Montana. You can go to Kate Montana, her website, and boy, she has a wealth of information, books, blogs, videos, you name it, it's out there for her. We'll be right back after this short break. I want to thank all of you for the way you tune in.
0: You're listening to Unity Online Radio. Celebrating diversity and inclusivity for Pride Month. We are one. As Unity Online Radio continues to expand its programming and outreach around the world, we depend on the generosity of listeners like you. If you enjoy the programming... Please make your donation today by going to unityonlineradio.org and click on Donate. Thank you for your support. Here's a Unity Mindful Moment by Ed McShane, a coach for your heart. I used to belong to the If You're Happy and You Know It Clap Your Hands Club. These days... Given the person I live with, it's a little closer to If you're happy and you know it, just be okay with that My actions of unbridled excitement and happiness need not necessarily be seen I can express my joy with the bathroom door closed and the shower running I don't need another person to experience my demonstration of joy For my feelings to have meaning to me This doesn't mean that you should suppress your expression of joy, not in the least Others can just see and feel your joy through your energy Joy can be peaceful active, loud, expressive, warm, and silent. There can be great peace in joy. Sometimes, decide to embrace it with genuine confidence within the serenity joy can bring. To find out more about A Coach for Your Heart, visit acoachforyourheart.com. For over 23 years, Liz Dawn and her team at Celebrate Your Life have been presenting transformative events with some of the world's leading spiritual teachers. Experience a Celebrate Your Life event for yourself, October 31st to November 4th in beautiful Sedona, Arizona. Explore your spirituality and open your mind to some new ideas. These events are awesome soul fests that heal and transform. Log on to CelebrateYourLife.com to find out more. What if a handful of ordinary, conservative Americans agreed to visit Egypt and talk to some ordinary Muslims to ask their questions directly and compare their cultures and religions? See hearts and minds open up in the new documentary, Free Trip to Egypt, which chronicles their journey and reveals their insights into Muslims and themselves. Free Trip to Egypt will be screened in a thousand theaters on June 12th. Find a showing near you at freetriptoegypt.com. Experience Everyday Peace with Dr. Drayvon James every Monday at 4 p.m. Central here on Unity Online Radio. In today's busy world, it's easy to get overwhelmed and disconnected. Tune in to the show for practical tips on how to handle whatever life throws at you. Dr. James welcomes some interesting guests and will help you get through any challenges you have with grace. Join the show live or listen later on demand right here on UnityOnlineRadio.org. Call now with your question or comment. 816-251-3555. That's 816-251-3555. Welcome back to The Intentional Spirit with Rev. Temple Hayes.
1: Welcome back, everyone. Well, I know you're having as much fun as I am today. Not only fun, but provocative, but learning, but deep, but also an essence and emotions as we're talking to Kate Montana, who has created the life, that deeper life and the the life of joy an amazing life. You know how we, um, Kate, you may not be aware of this, but the radio show used to be, because I've been doing it uh, a while, we've been doing everything a while, because we're, you know, we're adding to the uh, the ages of Aquarius and experience, but uh, <laughs> it used to be called From Good to Amazing uh, was oh, wow. the name of this show, but we accomplished that essence of that we're doing amazing, and you are doing amazing, and um, I just love your energy and your vibration, so let us d- dig deeper into the direction you are taking us prior to break. Everyone just coming on, go to katemontana.com and check her out.
2: Wow. Well, let me see. I think I left off talking about um, being in touch for the first time of this really deep, e- genetically level, actually, self um, loathing for my humanity, and especially from my womanhood that I tapped into. And it was so deeply shocking to me, because here I'd spent 25 years, 30 years, seeking enlightenment, and, you know, I want to be one with God, and I didn't even know what a woman was. It's just like... Yeah, it was, it was a real eye-opener. And, and so I started delving. You know, you said earlier how important it is that we turn around and we go into these deep emotions, that we go into these deeply shadowed places. And so what came up for me in that whole, quote-unquote, failure journey after I let you know, teaching and everything else go when the E-word came out, um, part of that failure and, and, that, and that darkness in me was about the feminine and this deep core feminine wound that I know we all carry. And so now here let's get turned to the light of this situation. When I was in Greece, I was in Greece in 2015 writing the e-word and um and I was on the island of Paros and I took a break from the book I was on deadline. And I took a break and I went to Delphi because I'd always had a thing about Greece, the Greek gods, um, I wanted to go to Delphi and go to the Temple of Apollo when I was a young girl. It was the very first place I traveled out of the United States when I was 19. So I hadn't been back since I was 19. So I took a journey back to Delphi and I, I did the tourist thing at the temples one day, and it was fun and it was beautiful. And it was April, and I'm on—I'm writing a book for Simon and Schuster, and oh look at me, and I'm so excited, and this is the this is the capstone of my life. It was a fabulous trip. Anyway. The next day, I walked up, I walked up the mountain because I wanted to kind of get away and have my own space, get away from the tourists. Um, and so I hiked up a, a trail up Mount Parnassus up behind the temple complex, and I was way high up on the mountain. And I was sitting there basking in the sun. It's it's beautiful. The Sea of Corinth is behind me. The Pleistos River Valley is in front of me. The, the temples are below. And I had a vision. <laughs> this... I saw this beautiful, beautiful man bound out of the bushes, across the rocks. He came up, sat down right next to me, turned and said, Hi, I'm Apollo. I have things to tell humanity. Let's talk. Mm. And then, poof, that was that. And it was just like, well, what do you do with that? (laughs) I was so shocked, Temple, and he had the most astounding copper-colored eyes. And um, so I was just reeling and didn't know what else to do. So um, I forgot about the hike and pretty much everything else. And I tottered back down the mountain. And all I knew to do was go to my hotel room and get out my laptop and start writing and write about the, the vision and, and what had happened or apparently happened or I thought it happened. And um, and I wanted to know what Apollo had to say to humanity And so even though I was writing another book, I actually started um, just, I don't know if it was channeling or what. I just sat down at my computer and just tuned into that entity's energy and those copper eyes and just went, what do you have to say? And so I actually started, and this story started coming out, Temple. So anyway, then I had to go back, and I had to go back to Paros and, and finish the E word, and and because I, as I say, I was on contract and on deadline. But two days after I finished um the E word, I I was still in Europe, and um, staying with some friends, and I just started again tuning back into Apollo because that energy was so compelling, and and I wanted to know what he had to say, and so of all things. I um I spent the next 3 months in South Africa uh writing Apollo and me and it turned out to be a cross-time reincarnation magical love story of of spiritual um awakening and sexual awakening. It, it the basis of the story is actually <laughs> it's actually very um almost embarrassingly um, autobiographical. An older American woman is traveling in Greece, and the god Apollo approaches her and says, I've got things to say. And um, it awakens past experiences of being a a priestess at Delphi um, back in 300 B.C. And uh, so what happened, Temple, was writing this book was an unearthing another level of going deep deep into the feminine because one of the things that apollo had to say was that indeed yes the feminine wounding on this planet is excruciating and you know epigenetically we we've science has proven that when we have an experience especially a deeply emotional experience and let alone a traumatic experience like a rape Um, that that is imprinted into our DNA and that we genetically pass these emotional imprintings onto our progeny. And so what I ended up uncovering Temple was the reason I had this original sense of self-loathing and despair as a woman. God, it makes me want to cry. I'm just thinking, oh my God. Um, was that I carried, like every woman carries, three thousand years of epigenetic programming of sexual abuse and marginalization and insignificance and ownership and and being disowned from life itself. And that was the pain pool I ended up paddling oh, in. Oh. And, mm. and 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 so, and it, so it was. was it, Apollo, Apollo talked about how he, he had wanted to keep the goddess alive back in the, the around three to five hundred BC. The patriarchy, the Abrahamic gods, the sky gods, the very masculine, left-brain, structured, rule-bound gods were taking precedence over the goddess. And he said he wanted to keep that. His intention had been to keep the doorway of the goddess open. That's why Apollo had women priestesses in his temples and not men. Um, that's why the Pythia, of course, had always been a woman, um, and he continued to have her be a, a married woman, and she was the prophetess of prophetesses. And he said basically that that his, you know, whether this being is really Apollo or whether I'm dealing with an archetypal energy, some sort of pattern, I don't know what the heck came through Temple. But but the point was made that it was really critically important to keep the doorway of the goddess alive up until the time of the coming of the Christos. And that when Christ came, along with, you know, teaching the divinity uh, within humanity, much of his message, which has been deleted from the Gospels and everything and scriptures, is equality of men and women. And, of course, Mary Magdalene, and he he said Mary, he and Mary Magdalene were indeed married, and that the original agenda was for them to travel together and teach enlightenment and the divinity within man and woman as equals. But his journey was railroaded by... The not-so, by the very duplicitous and, and uh, an evil plot, if you will, by another energetic force, uh, another god, if you will, that wants to keep humanity enslaved and wants to keep men and women at each other's throats and wants to keep the divine feminine subjugated so that that wild, free, unlimited, collie gorgeous, sumptuous, sensual, sexual energy, all that juice, will be sucked dry from humanity and we won't be able to access it. So that in a nutshell was is kind of the the underlying storyline of Apollo and Me, the it, this amazing love story that that came through me. Um, after I wrote the E-word. And it's all about the awakening of the, of the divine feminine and this rebalancing of, of masculine and feminine on this planet and how incredibly important it is that we deal with this at this point in time in our, in our um, evolutionary journey.
1: It sounds like it just totally <clears throat> catapulted your life into a, a whole new dimension.
2: Totally. Mm. Totally. Totally. It 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 you know and so you know so uh, of course after I wrote Apollo and me here I am in this like huge open space and just like oh, just on this precipice of shifting into being a whole being you know as I said in, earlier in the show I, my original intent was very masculine it was all very Focused, abstract, I'm going to get out of my body and get out there to God and be enlightened. So I took a very masculine, aesthetic path to enlightenment. And so now I was just being kick into the feminine side and, and awakening to my body and all of the programming and all the genetics and all of the outrageous possibilities within me as a woman. And then I had to go market the E-word. <laughs> So, so, I, so there was this push pull. So that you know, so when I finally when I let the e word go and just withdrew again, what came forward in that very dark space was again the evocativeness of of the feminine and what life is. And I, you know, and I, I realized something so incredibly subtle and yet so vast in in that years between um 2017 and today is that i realized my life is not my is not my life that i think my life is you know i thought my life was my books i thought my life was my my lover i thought my life was my cat i thought my life was how how you know keeping my body fit i thought my life was my my friends and my family and and all of these things that i do in life and I, I woke up to realize that life is the next inhale. L- life is, is, is my connection to the trees and the flower and the sky and the earth as I as I walk. You know, as I take a walk on Haleakala Volcano, where I live in, in Maui, Hawaii, it's like, oh, my God, that's life. M- my interiority, my... My joy or my sadness or my, my expansion or my contraction and limitation, my interiority, how I feel, how I exude and express, not doing anything but just simply being, that's my life. And that was the awakening of this beginning to access the divine, what we call the divine feminine, the goddess within. And I was like, oh, oh my God! This is a whole new
1: dimension. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm gonna become a high pitched singer now.
2: <laughs> Love that. Oh my gosh,
1: how rich. That's incredible.
2: It has been. And of all places, I ended up on Maui. So, because when I, after the, after the E word came out and I was doing a a book tour, and so I'd, I'd packed everything into storage. I had uh, been living in the Pacific Northwest, and, uh, so I'd been, I, I traveled for like a year and a half, and I was a nomad. And I thought, I knew I was done with the Pacific Northwest after 30 years, um, and I wanted to find my real home. And I thought it would be California. I've got so many friends down there—Will Arnes, um, Deirdre Hay, Betsy Chassy. All my, all my, some of my dearest friends are in California. So I thought for sure, but no doors opened. Nothing felt right. And then I just visited on happenstance a friend here on Maui. I'd never even—God, Temple—I'd never even thought. I never was interested in even visiting Hawaii. And I, I came, and um, the second day I was here, I was at the beach on the North Shore, and and um, and the, the literally the spirit of the island pulled me deep inside the island and just cradled me and rocked me and said, "You come home to Mama Maui and let me take care of you." Mm. So, so I did. <laughs> I went back to the Pacific Northwest. I sold everything I owned, shipped my car, packed three suitcases, and and moved here and she has indeed indeed taken care of me and this is one of the most lush feminine spaces energetically that I have ever experienced temple
1: what a blessing this place is! wow what a blessing
2: and I just discovered two other things
1: that we have in common deeply two very very dear friends Will Arntz and Deirdre Haid oh yes ah like divine vine, ya, yeah, ya, yeah, sisterhood and malehood friend. Yay.
2: There you go. <laughs> yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. I love it. Yeah. Awesome. 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 Incredible people on this planet. No doubt.
2: Indeed. Indeed. So that's been a little flavor of the journey into the feminine. And so, um, and so Apollo and me, this, God, I cannot tell you, Deirdre, how—I'm Deirdre—she <laughs> tuned me right into her. Yeah. Um, no, I
1: she comes in, yeah, she does. Mm.
2: She does. <laughs> I, I can't tell you, Temple, how embarrassed I've actually been after writing all of these books about you know quantum physics and consciousness and ego evolution and psychology um, that made me feel very uh, important and, and knowledgeable and, and made me feel like I, I'm a real somebody— Um, Now I've written a romance novel, essentially. (laughs) And, you know, and it's kind of of, of sad, but it's a great indicator of how marginalized the feminine still is in our society, that I should have to struggle to admit that I've written a book about love and relationship and sensuality and sexuality. And it's like, wow, I, I was supposed to be a spiritual person. You know what I mean about that dichotomy, that stupid split.
1: Mm-hmm. Absolutely, yes.
2: So, so yeah, I've I've had to struggle even to admit that I wrote essentially a romance novel, but I'm getting over it.
1: I'm glad. I'm glad. And <laughs> and you know that's uh, been kind of evolutionary with uh, Hay House and some of the authors and some of the great wisdom teachers is they are moving towards like a novel. Not that you did it intentionally. It was extremely organic, but often you're able to get into a new door and a different door through a novel. than perhaps you would, Oh, I'm going to sit and read yet another self-help book and how it's going to either help me see that I'm broken or help me see that I was never broken, you know, whichever direction one would go. Well, um, how? What kind of comments are you getting out in the field? Um, have you had people let you know
2: aha moments they've received since the book? Oh yeah, um, I have had more women. I mean, the book has only been out a couple of weeks. Uh, I have had so many women already contact me, um, just going, "Oh my God, this this oh this took me to a place. This took me to a wound. This took me to an aha." Uh, I feel like I've embodied this book. Uh, you know, I feel like you're talking just to me. Um, oh, my God, thank you. Yeah, yeah, the, the 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 outpouring has been, and the reception has been beautiful. It's been beautiful. And, you um, know, I, I don't know if I'd ever go back to nonfiction again. Uh, you know, I actually read um, a statistic, actually because I wrote an article on this, is that when we engage in reading um, literary fiction, and if I do say so myself, my, my books are fairly literary, um, because, it, it, you know, it opens up a lot of conversation about deep spiritual truths while entertaining. And so I, I understand now that studies show that six minutes spent reading literary fiction is more relaxing to the body than taking a walk Six minutes, and that, and I'm like, wow! And and the relaxation response in the in the body is tremendous. Just sitting down and reading a, a novel. Plus, psychologists show that reading stories makes us more open to um, other situations, and it 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 actually curbs um, judgment. And, um, against other, other groups. And it, it opens people up to be more available to more ideas and more people and more engagement. uh, Yeah. Because we're not in our left brain. We're not in our ego sitting there picking a book apart going, yeah, well, I don't know if I believe that. Yeah. Well, maybe, you know, we're just like, Oh, what's next? (laughs) (laughs) So I think it's and
1: From that perspective of reading a novel, it is. It's like the theater or you know watching a movie um mm-hmm. it, it catches you off guard or being in group therapy listening to somebody else talk about their story when it's actually yours so yeah. it's very powerful
2: It it is and we feel it in our bodies temple that's the, the it's it's like we feel it in every every pore of us it's like you know, you, we can watch Frodo wrestle with with Gollum at the at the edge of the abyss in Mordor, in the in the bowels of Mount Doom, and you know we see Gollum go over the edge, taking the ring with him into the abyss of lava. And in that moment, you know, I could I could write an essay about quantum entanglement and about you know how how of all of life actually is a dance and interweaves, and you could sit there and go, yeah, well, that's interesting, and, and but not. But then, you know, you see it in action. You see, oh my God, the least of, of pathetic creatures, Gollum, in his tortured soul. He was the key to the destruction of the ring of power and the salvation of everybody. And if it hadn't have been for Gollum at that last moment, playing out his part, the all of, of you know, of... I don't even remember, uh, wherever photo and everybody was, it would have all been destroyed. And I'm like, wow, well, that's quantum entanglement. That's the dance of life. And we get it viscerally. It's amazing where story takes us. And plus, it's all a big story anyway, in the larger sense of things, isn't it, Temple?
1: <laughs> no doubt about it. Wow. What is,
2: what is next on your,
1: on your horizon? Do you see yourself remaining in Maui?
2: Oh, I you know, right at this point I I've traveled so much in my life and I feel so at home here. I don't even want to leave the island at the moment. So, you know, I'll be here for as long as 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 life wants me here. I guess that's mm-hmm. the best answer. And um yep. there I I know that I've already had a bunch of people ask if there's a sequel to Apollo and Me and you know, actually there's there's two more books. It's a trilogy. Um I haven't started writing it yet because I'm I'm busy with the rest of my life. And I'm also kind of taking a break. I'm just, wow, this is a, this is a, this is a dive deep blossoming time where I just, as I say, Mm -hmm. I, I, my life is the next breath and I I want each next breath to be awake and present. And, um, and is, you know, it's, it's interesting when I wrote the E word, um, I under, finally understood that, Instead of killing the ego, the blessing is to live richly, so richly and deeply and fully that we expand the ego until it expands and includes everything. And so in its inclusivity, the ego eventually disappears of its own accord because we've just embraced more and more and more of what's within and what's without. And it's like, oh, wow. I don't have to struggle to destroy anything. All I have to do is breathe and ah, tap into that uh, natural life ecstatic space. And as you said, also turn around and not be afraid to face the shadows and everything else that comes because it's all one thing. It's all life. Wow. So that's where I'm at. <laughs> and when you're and when you're really
1: in that, that arrival place of um, that map that says you are here, It's, it's really beautiful. It's not easy for, I I don't, well, I'm not even going to say that, but I think the point is, is that you, you really do, we, I, uh, understand, um, what Buddha said when he said, whatever is, is best. And, and when, and, and when the emotional body has done its work in alignment with the intellectual, there's a, there's a space of, it's a deep knowing, That you can still make all the plans in the world and you can be a visionary and you can have all these things. But I still think you get to a place that you are and I, I, I am is that I'm more interested in what I don't know than I am what I know. I'm more interested in the mystery of what I haven't experienced yet. And, and, and where we're actually, I think both of us are coming from at great depth is that The key to all of this is simply have an open heart, uh, a heart that isn't filled with resentment or judgment or uh, ongoing, uh, not forgiving rigidity, you know, those kind of things. But to just be in a place of that naivete, you know, wow, what could be on the horizon? I don't know. It could be Maui. It could be Africa again. It could
2: be. St. Pete B's Florida, who knows? It could be a film, it could be a lover, I have no idea. Oh, you are so right, Temple. Being in the mystery is, I mean, if you had asked me even 10 years ago to answer any question about the soul, God, enlightenment, whatever, I could have told you everything. I knew everything. Well, No. 12 years ago if you'd asked me 12 years ago <laughs> but, but it's just like but since then it's like oh i know less and less and less and the less i think i know and try to know and hold on to the happier and more expansive i get
1: <laughs> more you know it's been a pleasure having you on our show today everyone oh. thank you for tuning in to kate montana And also, please join me on com, and also visit us at firstunity.org. We have all different kind of programs and materials and videos and you name it. So, Kate Montana, you're a blessing. Keep on being you. And God bless everyone on this amazing journey we call life.
0: Thanks for listening. This is Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world.